to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. God works on themes in me and each year is like a season in itself and it's painted often I find with a word or a phrase or a theme and what's remarkable I find is that as this theme starts to become apparent in me and I start to marinate on it and develop in it then it actually seems to resonate wider so that the theme I am carrying and living seems to go well beyond the little M space and so this year's theme for M currently in 2019 can be encapsulated in the one word unraveling and it's an unraveling of a wealth of ideas and things and rhythms and concepts and it's an unraveling within I actually see it prophetically as like a large silver thread is all bound up it's like pretty twine and it's literally carefully and deliberately being unwound an unwinding of the structure and the stuff, the sticky tentacles of church and ministry life, the glorious but unrelenting juggle of being a parent, a spouse, a disciple, a friend, a leader, a volunteer. It's cobwebs of confusion pulling apart threads that vary in size and shape and width and texture. And this unravelling that is incurring is neither familiar nor comfortable, nor, if I'm honest, especially welcomed. But it is necessary because the Holy Spirit has, um, has impressed upon my heart that he is doing the unravelling and in turn unravelling many of us as well. Because I see as this unravelling occurs, there's this final flourish in the unravelling. There's a tender but purposeful breath of the Holy Spirit that then comes in to evaporate all else like dust, to make clear what is in the middle, to cut through all the stuff. And I see in the middle, in the core, in the centre of what has been unravelled. One word, one purpose, one hope. The anchoring, sourcing, centrality, home space of it all. Jesus. He is who we find when we unravel it all. And that may make sense to you as I have said that. Or that may sound like a bit of flighty mumbo jumbo. But this sense of unravelling is the place that I speak from today and I now promise to unpack it in a slightly less ethereal way. Simply said, Jesus is the why. He is my why, he is our why. He is the why that takes up the most room in our hearts and it is for this reason it is him who forms the centre of who we are and what we do here. At C3 Hepburn Heights and across our locations, you see, we don't just meet at a club with some eternal benefits. 
We aren't just a social gathering with a social conscience. We aren't just a life coaching-esque platform that has a dash of existentialism and intellectual thinking. Nor are we just a mother's group or a kids club or a youth gathering. Yes, part of all of those things constitutes here we are. But church life is not club life. Our why of what we do here is not a glib marketing phrase, an easy-to-remember statement, or that would look really great as a screen cover image. Our why... That is our existence, our reason, our events, our moments, our gatherings, our media, our journeys, our stories, our worship, our messages are all for him. That he will be seen and known, that he will be famous in our hearts and our homes and in turn our streets and neighbourhoods. Jesus, a person, is our why. And Jesus himself tells us that this should be so, that when all is unraveled, when all fades away, when all is gone, that what is the primary purpose? When all is unraveled, that he should be at the centre. And in Matthew 22, verse 37, in the Passion Translation, Jesus tells the disciples that this is what is most important. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being and that every and with every thought that is within you he is our why he is our everything and so for those of you that maybe haven't joined us for the past couple of weeks We've been presenting what is essentially a church vision, a church statement, a a church concept about where we are heading as a church community. And Pastor Jace has presented the three-circle diagram, which essentially summarises this kind of in picture form, and that's going to come up on the screens for us now. And so what this is, is this is a chart a representation, a diagram that gives us some clarity for us as a church community. And let me qualify this by saying that, yes, there are many wonderful and necessary and important things we could be doing, but we can't do it all. Nor are we called to do it all. But these circles are deliberate. They are what we believe we have been called to as a church community. And they've been constructed and deliberated on that they have been considered not just who we are now, but who we have been. We have wrestled with these concepts. There has been prophetic insight. There has been prayerful space and discussion and revelation to bring them about. And so I just want to spend a few moments unpacking them for those that aren't familiar with them and to complement what Pastor Jace has already said. So let's look at the centre, the yellow centre, right there, right there where he should be is Jesus. He is at the centre of it all. The vision of this house, this church, our hearts is Jesus. The life he freely gives us in all its fullness and richness and depth and breadth a life that he calls us to share with others, a life that is described as being to the full or in fullness in John 10.10. And other translations talk about that life as being more or abundant or overflowing. Jesus is at the centre. He is our why. 
He is admits everything. He is at the core of everything. He is there when all else unravels. And then as we move to the outer circles, what we have here are three stamps or, or hallmarks or tastes or flavours of this church community that if you are part of us, if you join us, if you're a guest here, these are three things that we will continue to proclaim from the rooftops and develop in and grow in. One is that we have a desire to foster family and friendships. That is healthy, robust, growing, authentic, vulnerable relationships when it comes to our marriages, our families, our friendships and our church community. That we won't settle for the ordinary in this space, nor will we ever stop learning. That we lean into presence over proximity, Pastor Ben. That's one of our key flavours. That's who we believe that we are called to be. Our church has a long history of that and we want to continue to forge into that well into the future. A second one of these stamps or these hallmarks is a focus to grow as influencers, that we will be a people who are thermostats, who bring steadying peace and hope into situations, not shift and move by the tides and feel of the environment, that we will be influencers in the way we conduct ourselves in our schools, in our workplaces at in our businesses, in our homes, that influences whose voices and art and writing and design and song and colour and texture and creativity go above the noise of pleasure and self-seeking that is feasted on in the world. That is each of us. We take a hold of our call, each and every one of us, leaning into the Holy Spirit that we will continually grow and develop in this lifelong discipleship journey. That is who we are. Thirdly, a leaning in to go beyond. That is a going outside ourselves, outside our comforts and needs and wants in order to see others, help others, visit others, love others, to an extend an invitation of come and share in this community, this home, this love, that we live with a plus one invitation on our heart, that we will see that neighbour, that friend, that family member, that Jesus is written on our hearts and their right next to it is the name of others that we will lean in to go beyond so these are our three defining norths again there is lots that we could be doing but this is a call to who we believe we are called to be and so these norths, these hallmarks, these, st- these stamps are fostered and grown and stretched and felt and developed within this church community. And we see it as there being three key vehicles, three key ways that these elements, that these stamps can occur. And there on the outer circle, we've got focusing on corporate gatherings, groups and media. That those are things that are generated and focused on in this church life. And so as a result, we give our attention to them to be able to develop in these areas that we are called to. This is us. This is a picture of the church you are in today. Perhaps for many decades or perhaps for the first time. But this is a picture of the church I am called to lead. We welcome you. We're glad you're here. Let's continue the unravel. And so second to that vision, you have heard 
both Pastor Ben and Pastor Jay share the past couple of weeks about Ephesians 4. And so I want to share a little bit more on that today, springboarding from this vision statement and holding close the concept of the unravel. Because Paul here in Ephesians Ephesians 4 verse 1, he makes an exhortation to the church at Ephesus while he's based in prison. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And well, to be honest, I could get stuck right there for a good amount of time. Uh, worthy? What does living a life worthy mean? What, what does that even mean? What does that even look like? And called? How do I know if I'm called? What am I called to? What, what is my calling? And as I've been praying and marinating and wrestling in this part of the scripture this week, essentially I feel like the subtext to that The underlying statement to that is essentially this. If you're all in, live like it. If you're all in, live like it. That is, if Jesus is our all. If when all unravels, all the noise, the clutter, the stuff, the schedules, the programs, the events, the things, the people. When if all that unravels, that he is at our centre. If he is there, right in the middle, then we need to live like that. If we are all in, then we are to live like it. You see, because this isn't a call. This isn't a listening to that statement and going, but I'm not called to leadership, Em, or I'm not called to ministry, or I'm not called to preaching. This isn't a call to a job description. This is a call to a discipleship journey. Jesus is saying, I have called you, and if your response is yes, and I am king of your heart, then live like it. Then live like it. If, if you're all in, and I'm all in, let's just give this a crack. Let's live big. Let's live inside the pocket of the bigness of who Jesus is and what he has called us to be. And so then Ephesians 4 goes on to explain Paul goes on to explain the attributes, the the feel, the vibe, the attitudes, the flavours of what being all in actually looks like. It's like he says, yeah, you're all in, righto, here's the list. Here's the list of what an all in person looks like. There's 31 verses, if you will, of fine print. Fine print of the Christian life of attributes as us as disciples, us as followers of Jesus, us as, us as the church. And so I'm going to start to unpack some of them because I figure if we're being told and suggested that this is what it looks like, it's probably a list that's worth looking at. In fact, the message says, here's what I want you to do. Okay, Paul, here's what we need to do. So I figure it's a list that's worth looking at. And so it's kind of like a list of two B's and two do's. So I'm going to read through paraphrasing some of that Ephesians 4 out of the NLT and then I'm going to unpack it for us a little bit of what this life actually is, what a living a life worthy of the call perhaps actually looks like for us. And so let's start at Ephesians 4. I'm going to kind of throw down a bit and miss verses. So if you want to follow along or if you've got your Bible open, 
Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Skipping a few verses down to 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Since you've heard about Jesus, verse 21, and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down on you while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Okay. That's rather a long list. There's rather a long list of of attributes there that Paul outlines of the things that we could and should and perhaps need to be doing as believers. And so let's unpack it a little bit. And so the nifty English teacher in me couldn't let go of the opportunity to use a Y chart. And so what a Y chart does is it pulls something from being abstract into something concrete. And so it makes what is an abstract concept suddenly come alive because it gives us a sense of personalisation and emotion. And so a Y chart, for those of you that aren't familiar or maybe haven't seen before, uses three categories. It says looks like, feels like and sounds like. And what you do as an English teacher is you you take a hold of a character out of a story and you get your students to go, what does that character look like, feel like and sound like? And it suddenly makes the character come alive because it pulls something that is abstract into something that is concrete. And you can then have a sense of understanding that person, that character better. And what we're going to do today is understand some of the concept attached to it. So here's a visual coming up for you right now. Here is our Y chart. So what I did is I reread those verses over and over again and I pulled out some of the key phrases 
the key attributes of, of what being a Christian, what a church community should look like, sound like and feel like. So if we were to come into this space for the first time, these are some of the things that you're going to experience. These are some of the things you're going to hear. These are some of the things you're going to feel. These are some of the things that you're going to see. And likewise, in turn, as we're in our homes, as we're out on our streets, as as we're in our communities, that this is what is emulating out of us too. That when people have a conversation with us, that, that they can see, hear, Look at what is going on and, and have that experience of seeing Jesus in us. And so this isn't an exhaustive list. This isn't all those things. But it's some of the, the things that I identified. So look like. What do we look like? Us as believers, us as disciples, us as Christians with Jesus at the core, at the centre. Looks like oneness but not sameness. Throwing off a sinful nature. And I love, I use that purposeful phrase there that this is an ongoing journey. It's not a once throwing off, but it's a continual throwing off. That it looks like good works. People can see that we're doing good stuff, not just talking about it or writing it on social media, but actually doing it. That it's a new nature, a nature of holiness that we take off something and have put on something. It looks like unity and it looks like maturity, a journey of maturity that we step into growing glory to glory and our nature is continual and moving. What does it feel like for us sitting here? What are some of the the senses of what our church community should feel like, should feel like fitting together, should feel like growth? Not stagnation, not comfort. It should feel like health, body, mind and spirit. It should feel like renewal, kindness, forgiveness, tender hearts. Should feel like building up. Should feel like hard work. That that is some of the feelings, some of the essences, some of the concepts of what being part of a church community should feel like because that is what Paul says the Christian life is and what does it sound like? Should sound like speaking the truth but in love, not with harshness but at the same time being prepared to call out what is true and right and accurate. Should sound like harmony Again, back to a similar point of oneness but not sameness. We're not all the same. We're not all saying the same thing, but it is harmonious because of the Holy Spirit blending it together. It should sound like encouragement and it should sound like good and helpful language. That's just a picture. So that's a Y chart of of the experience of this church life, experience of this Christian Life and, and I love this chart and I think, you know, that we could stick it on our walls and we could have it in our homes and, and, it, and it's compelling and beautiful because it calls us up and it calls us out and it shows us that the life that we are called to live, that life that we are worthy to live actually has high standards. It's not laced in religiosity or legalism but it's about a new self, a new wineskin that an all-in life worthy of the call has an all-inness about it. 
And so we could actually place that chart alongside the three circles that I began with. And whilst the three circles talk about the structure of who we are and what we're doing, this more talks about the experience of who we are and what we're doing. And depending on your nature, you can look at something like that behind me, depending on your temperament or your Enneagram category or your gender or your upbringing, you can look at something like that and it can actually fill you with joy and jubilation, can be empowering. You can see it as like a glorious task list and you can go, yes, God, this is the life worthy of the call and I'm, I'm glad you call me out to it and empowered by your Holy Spirit, change me and move me and grow me and stretch me and as I take a hold of your hand and as I unravel it all and ensure that Jesus is at the centre, take a hold of me and let's do this, baby. For some of you, that chart may utterly disempower you and may feel like it is something completely out of your reach. And that already in your head you're going, hmm, hmm, maybe one or two are okay, but I feel like I've got a long way to go. That if that's what living a life worthy of the call is, can I have a refund, please? So let's just place that aside for one moment. Like most things, I want to come at it from a complimentary but another angle. About to show you another another graph, guys. Don't put it up just yet. And this did the rounds on social media a good few years ago. And it's one of those images, you know, that I screenshot, and it stuck with me. And as I was preparing this message, I edited it a little bit because I think it accurately defines this very journey. And guys, if you want to put it up, growth as a disciple Christ follower. What people think it looks like, what it's really like. And so this chart, when it did its rounds, actually had the word success. You know, and it was was used in a leadership space, in a business space, to kind of define that, that we think it should look like this, but it actually looks like that. I think it is equally as applicable to the life and journey of the Christian. We think it's going to be like this. And it's actually like that. And the one that I sent Joel to kind of play with actually had far more squiggles and dips and troughs and whatever in it than that one. But, but we get the point, okay? There's a couple of things I want to emphasise here. We heard Pastor Jace quote from Maxwell when he preached last week or the week before, that anything worthwhile is uphill. And we also see in, in Psalms 24 from David that we're ascending the mountain of the Lord. And so what I love about this imagery is that it's going upwards. There's a sense of we know we're going uphill. We know we're ascending the mountain of the Lord. However, this line is neither straight nor neat nor clear nor predictable. However, it is going in the right direction. There is a pointing forward There is a sense of I'm on a growth journey. I'm on a growth trajectory. Jesus is at the centre. Jesus is at the focus. However, on the way, there is going to be a lot of mess, complication, confusion, paradox, things I don't understand. And I wanted to actually at this point show you a photo from our recent trip to America because I thought, you know, the analogy of us going on the plane 
really emphasises this very point that when we took our three kids and we travelled from Melbourne to LA, which is a 16-hour flight, I took just as we left and I, I put it on my Facebook and this kind of colour-coordinated beaming smiles of, we're off to America, look at us all clean and lovely and, and here we are, we're about to ascend, we're about to go uphill on a plane, but you know, you get the metaphor, right? And then I've got a photo, which is really bad focus, so I didn't actually upload it and share it with you guys, but I've got a photo of us arriving at the airport in LA. <laughs> I don't even know what my kids are wearing because there was this sense of they kept taking clothes off and putting clothes on. They're literally eating 7-Eleven pepperoni a dollar pizza. I think it's two o'clock in the morning somewhere in the world. I don't even know whether it's there. There's cases all around them. I refuse to be in the shot because, you know, I look like death warmed up. Jace is down the road at this point trying to find a, a tax, you know, anyway. We arrived. There was a lot of stuff in the middle which I didn't even take photos of and, and I kind of wish that I had because it emphasises this middle bit of the journey. There was things such as we had two vomiting children, um, which was interesting because we used up the sick bags pretty quickly and then when you don't have a sick bag, things get even more tricky. I didn't take a photo of my 50 minutes of interrupted sleep because that was all I got. I didn't take a photo of the screaming two-year-old two rows up. I didn't take a photo of the time that Levi spilled his entire water bottle and down his entire clothes and woke up the lady next to him. I didn't take a photo of the fact that I have a sore back and have to sit with two pillows in a strange position and kind of lie flat, but the guy in front of me was so close to me that I could basically not even touch the screen in front of me. I didn't take photos of the fact that watching movies back-to-back -back sounds really fun until you have watched four. And then you actually feel like you're going stark raving mad. I didn't take a photo of any of that. But that was all part of the journey. That was all part of our journey going in a direction, getting in a destination. And so what I want to emphasise to us today, church, is that Y chart. Let's bring it back, guys. This is our destination. This is what we are called to. This is a living the life worthy of the call. And yet in the middle of all of this, regularly, continually, unrelentingly, is a whole heap of squiggly lines backwards and forwards and ups and downs and stopping and starting and things that don't make sense. And all of that is inside a life worthy of the call when we keep Jesus at the centre. Sarah Bessie says it like this, few of us follow a straight spiritual line in our spiritual story. We squiggle and wiggle, stop and start, Progress and regress, rest and recoup, charge ahead recklessly, take sharp turns, stumble into ditches that turn out to be portals. This isn't a bad thing. On the contrary, I think, I think it's a thing that makes our stories beautiful. And so this is where we find ourselves today. 
that I want us to be encouraged, called up to a place of living a life that has a sense of all in and recognising that that is a high standard. However, with Jesus at the centre and the Holy Spirit doing his continual work as we allow him, we can be moulded and shifted and changed on that journey. And as I finish... It's one I prepared earlier. I didn't actually... So let me just no, not draw with a pen. This one maybe? Just talk amongst yourselves. Nope. Okay. Have we got any more, Andy? No? Is that it? Magic hands, husband. That one? Okay. We, we organised this. This is cool. <laughs> it's not going to work. Sorry. It's all right. All good. Um, husband to the rescue. Thank you, darling. All right. What I was going to write, but I will, I will say instead, is that I was going to emphasise some... Guys, we can put the growth chart back. Second one. Yep. I was going to emphasise some of that squiggle. So let me tell you what some of this middle bit feels like. The stop and start, the wiggle, the squiggle. What that feels like, sounds like, looks like. And so what the middle part of our journey, the start of our journey, the end of our journey, the 20% of our journey, wherever we're at today, as we are ascending the mountain, as we are moving uphill, some of this middle part can feel like pain, discomfort, can feel disconcerting, can feel out of sorts, can feel like an unravelling. It can feel nothing like what you thought. It can feel like a pause and it can feel like being stuck. That are some of the feelings of that journey, still heading uphill, still with Jesus at our centre. But as we go on that growth journey, those are some of the very valid very real, very authentic feelings as part of this journey. What can it sound like? It can sound like silence. The other time it can sound like noise. It can sound like warfare, worship, crying, laughter. What does it look like? What does the squiggle wiggle actually look like? What does it maybe look like to you today? can look like the middle, can look like a muddle, can look like a valley, mountain, backwards, forwards, not what others expect. Those are just some of the words, some of the senses of this journey and all of that is within the realms of living a life that is worthy. Paul writes this scripture from prison. Here I am in prison, friends, but I beg you to live this life. That power of that concept doesn't escape me. Yes, he's calling the church at Ephesus and likewise in this journey, calling us to a place, to a standard that is kind and tender and unified. And yet he's writing it from a place of hardship. 
He's writing it from a place of warfare, of noise, of backwards, of valley, of middle, of muddle, of unravelling, of out of sorts, of discomfort and pain and stuckness. He's writing it from that place. And yet he has this conviction, this purpose, this anointing that he is right where he should be and that God has got him and that he is still all in and that Jesus is still written on his heart. And so church at Ephesus and church of C3 Hepburn Heights, let's continue. Let's continue this journey. Let's continue forward because if he remains at the centre, if the why at the centre of our why chart, whatever that looks like today, if it looks like the one I was going to do here, or it looks like the first one, guys, put it up, please. If, no, no, that one, beautiful, got you on your toes today. When Jesus is at the centre, when he is the why factor at the centre of our why charts, even though his name begins with J, but I couldn't quite align all the semantics carefully. Yahweh, Yahweh. okay, sure, all right, yeah. (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) Yes, okay, guys. If, If Jesus remains the why at the centre of our why chart, then all of this, all of that is a picture of the all inness. So I want to remind you today, church, encourage us, friends, church, that living a life worthy of the call is messy and complex because a church is made up of messy and complex people. I don't expect perfection from you because none of us are. We are giving this a red hot go. I am continually unraveled before the Father saying, Jesus, use me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, guide me. That you will be seen and known and tasted on all that we do. And Paul describes it like this to the Ephesians in um, Ephesians verse three. Ephesians 3 verse 10. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects may be made known. May be made known. This is our purpose, church. We might now have a neat and tidy purpose statement, but that doesn't necessarily mean we are a neat and tidy people. And so embrace it. Embrace the journey. Embrace what that looks like. Wrestle it out. Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight where you are in that stop, still, squiggle, wriggle, regress, progress moment. And through it all, my encouragement, my endorsement, my exhortation is continually find Jesus every day. Every day, Lord, may you be seen and known in my everyday, ordinary life today. Stick on that worship in your car. Open the word to start the day. Pray in tongues when you can't pray anything else. That Jesus will be at the centre of all the unravelling, all the unravelling. Because what I love about that image, that growth chart, is if you were to pull it like a single thread. It's still heading in that same direction. 
It's still a single thread moving in a trajectory of uphill, ascending. It's just longer. It's just more in it. But boy, our stories, our beauty, our depth along that journey is so much more powerful and authentic because of it. And so, Steve, if I can get you to come up on the keys. It's a church, let's keep him centre. Know that he has you. He sees you. He wants to wait there for you. He wants to be your hiding place, your strong hand, your deliverer, your healer, your friend, your confidant, your king, your lord, your brother. Let him come in again and again to unravel, to unravel it all and ensure that his name is imprinted on our hearts. Let's be reminded of this again today, this week, this month, this year, Lord. Church, if you can close your eyes across the place this morning. We pray, pray for us all. Oh God, as we continually unravel and see all that is around us, as we try and make sense, may we not linger so much in the shadow and the mess and the chaos, but may we make peace with all the depth and breadth and fullness of who you are who you have called us to be individually and corporately. That as we move forward in this discipleship journey, this growth journey, that we will not seek perfection and ease and comfort and intellect and personal preference, but may we seek you and only you that you will take up the most room in our hearts, that you will be our why at the centre of our why. And in the words of Paul from Ephesians, let me pray this over you today, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.